Brick City Blockade UK presents Talking Far, Far Away. And now, shouting from a distance, the Scottish savant. Scott Inch, discussing the most relevant portions of Star Wars canon in the Hey guys, welcome to Talking Far, Far Away here from the BrickCityBlockade.com podcast network. Of course, sitting across the pond for me is the man himself, Mr. Scott Inch. Scott, how's it going, buddy? It's going well. Oh, there he is. Yes, 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 yes. He is uh, back here on the BrickCityBlockade.com podcast network. It's been a while since you guys have heard us. I know we've been in a Star Wars siesta in many ways. There hasn't been a ton of news when it comes to Star Wars. Scott Inch has been uh, sleeping quietly, I guess, while enjoying some of his more recent uh, omnibus pickup. And then he also got some uh, some of the trade paperbacks for uh, some of the Star Wars series, huh, buddy? Like It seems like every time I talk to you, you got something new that you're enjoying. Yes, I'm a, I'm a collector. A collector, you say? A collector, you say. I mean, I just bought a He-Man graphic novel. Oh, that's the omnibus. That's the omnibus, my friend. Ah. 120 quid. Omnibus. <laughs> omnibus? Omnibus. Omnibus? 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 That's a new I one. Guess. I don't know. But you got it for a good deal, though. I got a very good deal. I can't mention that because we're all Anyway... Scott Inch has gotten the good deals. I've been talking to all kinds of people over on Make the Jump, and I'm excited to say that there's so many more fantastic people that are going to be joining us later on down the road here on the podcast network. But here on Talking Far, Far Away, it's been one of those things, Scott, we've been very slow on Star Wars news. And I think the one piece of news that we have received, I guess you could say because it's rumor-based, you know, we had the New York Toy Fair stuff, Fanthatrax, big shout out to them, did some wonderful coverage over at New York Toy Fair this year with everything happening with Black Series, Funko, whatever it was. And that was essentially how I saw the news. But then there was also this stuff about, okay, we got the Cassian Andor television series coming around the corner at some point here. And we know, based on reports that I've been hearing and some of the stuff online, just some stuff saying that, hey, over in the UK, they're going to be starting some work on some television projects or a singular project. My guess is it's the Mandalorian, but we don't know for sure, Scott, whether it is that. Um and my question, I think, to pose not just on this episode, but specifically here, is that we hear the Cassian Andor TV series. Then suddenly all these reports come out and say, hey, you know what, Poe and Finn after episode nine, you know what, let's let's break them down even more. Let's give them a television series. Let's give Rose Tico a television series. Let's do all this stuff. And the one that stands out to me the most, the most, is something surrounding Ben Kenobi. And we know that we haven't heard much in terms of a possible Ben Kenobi film. It's been teased a ton across social media. And in the Star Wars fandom, it's been a discussion. But Scott, my mind moves towards, okay, they're going to take a break after Episode Nine. They want to focus on the streaming service. If people are going to be paying money to invest into this Disney project, they might as well load it up with content. Let's push aside the idea of a Kenobi film. Let's talk about doing a Ben Kenobi TV series starring Ewan McGregor. I think that would be absolutely enticing in a way to get new subscribers and people who might not be involved in the Star Wars universe in a lot of these conversations, but get them involved because they have Netflix subscriptions. They have Hulu subscriptions. Something to entice the fans. How do you feel about it? It's an interesting theory. Yeah, I would like to see it. It spreads it out instead of two hours on a big screen. You're limited to a movie. Yeah. 
unless you do it over two, three movies, but there's no guarantee. So it's a fine example of that. If you were going to do a, like a spin-off about a, a sequel, right. because something was kind of set up in that movie that we don't look like it's going to pay off. Right. Unless they do pay it off in the TV series. But I don't want something like that just to say, well, it's not worth as many, let's do it as a TV series. Right, right. Let's not do that. Um, but yeah, I would be up for Ben. I'd be up for Obi-Wan. Um, Hugh McGregor. He, he was the best thing about the prequels. I think everybody in the universe is going to agree. He was yes. the best one about the prequels. I mean, I'm a prequelist. Thanks to Ken Napsock. He made that work. Uh, um, there's, I quite like the prequels now. Came to, I find a love for them. Right. Right. Um, so, yeah. Um, because there is... There was something I saw the other day, and I have to agree, I think it was Harlow that brought this up, or maybe Ken on Jedi Council, is um, how did he know that Anakin was still alive? I mean, he uttered those words in A New Hope, or was it, no, Return of the Jedi, he was like, Anakin's more machine than man. Yeah. Well, the hell do you, you know? <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's, even though he, he could say, like, he, that, he recognised that from episode four, but right, you know there's right. still there's still there's still questions and answers that we could get. I mean, we got in rebels, so true, true. Um, he, what was he doing? He couldn't have been twenty years to sit in the heart, going <laughs> no. You know, what should actually no? I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to go with that, yeah. Um, I mean, he could have went back to Mandalore under disguise to avenge somebody, you know, or he could have, or even have Liam Nielsen come back and do a Force Ghost, like how he trained to become a Force Ghost. Right. Yeah, you know, there, there is, there's, there's avenues there. I mean, Owen Larks, I mean, from the minute you see uh, Obi Wan at the end of episode three uh-huh. to when you see Owen Larks in episode four, yeah. he has no interest in Ben Kenobi. But no. then, you know, there's there's a history there that we haven't got. It's meshed in the comics a few times. Yes. yes. Um, especially, I can't remember, was it issue seven of Ben of, uh, of Star Wars? Yeah, it was early on. It was, yeah, uh, I believe it was between two or three specific issues. I want to say seven through nine, they really dug into it. Yeah. So there, there is answers there. And there, there yeah. is questions and there is a development there. So I really want to see it. Yeah, and I think the most enticing thing about, in terms of the Star Wars timeline, is that period after Order 66, what happened with Ben Kenobi. Because we see him, we're left in Episode 3 with a very dark moment, and then that very light moment of him giving off Luke to Aunt Veru and Uncle Owen on Tatooine. And you see him staring out into the distance, and you're like, okay, that kind of leaves you on a cliffhanger about where he Mm. is. Until the events of, specifically, Star Wars Rebels. When Ezra goes to Tatooine and he stumbles across old Ben Kenobi. And there's that time gap that I feel personally they have been leaving. They have left that open on purpose. Because they want to explore it. Not necessarily like we've been talking about here in a film. But it seems like, based on the modern Lucasfilm approach and how everybody else has been taking in their Star Wars media is that the television has worked very well. 
And I like you said, I think a two-hour film, eh, you know what, a little bit over two hours, you might get some stuff out of it, but it's a long period of time that you have to cover. It really yeah. is. A lot happens after Order 66. A lot happens. And we've seen a little bit of that play out, specifically in E.K. Johnson's Ahsoka novel. Um, we've seen a lot of different moments within the timeline that that come after that point. Uh, we know a little bit more about Kanan Jarrus. But the ultimate question is, and all that, okay, these are these are some of the other Jedi that we really care about that, that survived Order 66 and kind of scours their way through the galaxy to try to find another outlet to survive. Ben Kenobi was safely on Tatooine. Yeah. But, but, but my question is, was he? Was he? Because these other Jedis went across and they went on their own journeys and everything else. And I feel much like you said, did Ben Kenobi go off world at times? Did he feel that Luke was safe enough with Aunt Veru and Uncle Owen that he could do things like that? We don't know those answers. We don't know those off the top of our head. And I feel like the story team has left that time period open, to be honest with you, because the prequels are a hot thing right now. And the sequel stuff, the stuff that Lucasfilm and specifically Lucasfilm under Disney has been taking on, really touches on that part of the timeline. It touches before it and then just after it and leaves that space to tell the story of Ben Kenobi. So television series for Ben Kenobi would make sense in terms of it's something that should be explored and it has to be done right. It can't be something that they start talking about, talking about, talking about, they cast you and McGregor and then suddenly it, it's on there and we, we hear no mention of the past. We hear no mention of the terrors that Obi-Wan went through after seeing what Anakin had done. You know that Obi-Wan was on Tatooine. He must have had consistent nightmares. The Force must have been pulling him in so many different directions after what had happened. He had to find solitude somehow, but it was going to be a process of doing so. And I wrote it in an article not that long ago, Scott. Shared it out again. Um, solitude on Tatooine. Mm -hmm. And it really talked about, okay, if Ben Kenobi is there, is is he going on a journey outside of Tatooine or is he going through a spiritual journey? Is he trying to refocus himself after everything? Is he trying to find a different connection within the force through the guidance of master Yoda and whoever else that that's where I feel we don't have enough answers just yet, but would fit a TV format wonderfully. Yeah. Yeah. It would just, it would help to just develop the character more. Yes. That's why I like character development. Mm -hmm. um, it was more developed in the prequels than it was in the original trilogy. Yes, I mean, it was. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. It'd be more of a spiritual journey. Yeah. I don't think he would do what Luke did in episode 8 was yeah. cut himself off the force. That's not Obi-Wan. Because he was still able to use the force by episode um, New Hope. Um, it is a timeline that's largely unexplored, especially the first few years of mm -hmm. the Empire. Um, it's only been done in two books. Essentially, yeah. yeah. Only a couple novels have touched upon it. Especially Lord Zeus, maybe Tarkin yeah. a bit. Tarkin a bit. A bit, a bit. Yeah, but not a like bit. Tarkin's more dealt with here and there. Um, Thrawn definitely not. Right. It's hard to try and think. 
Soka is definitely the, the Soka one, Lords of the Sith, and the current incarnation of Vader. Um, yes. and the Karen Janis novel, uh, comic as well, the flashbacks, they yes. cover it as well. Um, yeah, I just want Obi Wan, I just want yeah. him there to come back. I think it's not really much to say on it. Um, other than the fact that I would desperately want it, I would want to see this old master. I would be curious to see if he ever tried to take Luke away. Interesting, yeah. You know, yeah. To see if Luke, like he, he if he went to uh, Owen and Baru to try and take him away to say, look, he needs to learn. Yeah. And then they were like, no, you're not getting anywhere near him yeah. because of what happened to his father. You know, that's another road to go down. Whether he tried to train like, um, or he's, you know, because that's that it was kind of hinted again, like his relationship with Luke. But I'm trying to remember which volume issue it was when he helped protect Luke and Luke came under attack. I can't remember what issue it was, but I know the and I remember it. Um, but yeah, there's, there's just so much you there can is. explore. I, I go back, yeah, I go back to Revenge of the Sith too. When yeah. Yoda's talking to him and he says, you know, I've been able to reconnect with the, with an old friend and I'm going to teach you how to be able to essentially reconnect with him. That's a whole other spectrum of conversations. Yeah. Was he on Tatooine talking with Qui-Gon? Was Qui-Gon teaching him how to transition into the Force when he knew that his time was, was to come? Yeah, and I mean, that has to get, be part of it. Yeah, you could get Liam Nielsen back, doesn't he? Being um, a ghost for, like, ghost... Uh, right, voiceover. Yeah, I mean he's done it in uh, Clone Wars anyway. Yeah, that's right. When he showed his Force spirit in the yeah. in the in the floating uh, embers and stars that followed Yoda and showed him during the Yoda arc. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But they did show up in um, season three. Yes, he did. He appeared uh, before Anakin. So I'm wondering if he'll show up and see in the final season. <sighs> I would imagine. There's probably so. uncut stuff. There's probably some uncut stuff that Dave Filoni didn't use, and I'm sure he would easily ask um, uh, <laughs> Liam Neeson to come back and, and to voice it. Yeah, I'm sure he will. I mean, nobody knows where the episode, the season seven, season seven is going to finish. I'm hoping it's just right. the start of Clone Wars. Yes, I know. The final battle over Coruscant. Uh, that's a different story. <laughs> it <laughs> is. Um, but yeah, regarding Obi Wan. Say, there's not really much to say because we don't know if this is actually going to happen. This is just a rumor right, that right. came out last week. Speculation. Speculation. Personally, for me, I would love it. Ian McGregor, I would love it. He has done television. Mm-hmm. He's more, I can be willing to. He's always said he's willing to reply as Obi Wan. Yeah. He's at the right age to play an older Obi Wan. Yeah. It's, it's recorded, he films. Ranger Shift in 2014, it's 15 years since he's last played that role. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, he hasn't voiced him, never voiced him in Rebels. That would be about right. That would be about right. Yeah, so, I, again, I don't think you're hearing much right now. I mean, we don't really know what's coming up this or night. Well, and that's another part of this conversation I want to have is because the talk is is that Star Wars Celebration across five days they're going to have to pack in content. They're going to have to give us stuff. But my mindset is, too, is like, yeah, but it, this is Lucasfilm. They're not going to give everything. They're not going to tell you. Right, right. 
they want to keep some things under wraps. It's Disney. They're, that's that's their that's their format. That's the way that they work. I think that what they can do, what they can do, is they can do like what Marvel does, and they can do a timeline of projects and not necessarily announce them, but say, "Hey, standalone film 2022, yeah. standalone film 2023," just to g- at least get us talking about. Okay, they are focusing on this at some point here. I- I do think they will release something. Um, I mean, Kevin Feige just even said recently that they're not announcing what's coming after Spider-Man. Right, uh, right. Back from home. Um, and it's the same with Star Wars. We know we've got Episode Nine. We've got we know we've got the guy from Game of, the guys from Game of Thrones movies. Yeah. Ryan Johnston apparently still on it. That's yeah. A different story. I don't know. And all we know is we've got the Mandalorian, the Cassian, and Orsi's Resistance season two. That's it. To me, it's a wee bit of a jumble right now. It is. There's, it really there's is. Not a, there's not a cohesion of where they're going. Um, I think they're waiting to get, once they get to Celebration, it's not that far away, about five, four weeks away. Yeah. Uh, we'll get that trailer. <laughs> I'll be sweating. Um, <laughs> yes. We'll get a trailer for The Mandalorian. I, going on its past experience, when they did do a feature films announcement, uh-huh. When I was at Celebration, oh dear, it's not a long time ago now, three years. I was expecting something from episode eight. We've got uh-huh. nothing. Nothing, that's right. Um, I mean, um, although we did get Alden Nerenwright come out of stage officially. Yes, <laughs> so, yes, you did get that. Yeah, we've got John Bayega come out as well. So I think we will get news about the TV shows. Okay. I think the cast of the Mandalorian will be there. Yes, their contracts will oblige. Right, um, you will get an announcement about a movie. Interesting, because they will go to the for a movie for if it's not this year, it'll be next year. Ah, uh-huh. so they'll start production next year on a movie. Interesting, interesting. Do you think we've been swayed a little bit? Whether that could be, they've been talking about the Ryan Johnson trilogy. The Ryan Johnson trilogy has been the talk of everything. And then they talk about Benioff and Weiss. And I know I've said this in the past, but they've said that it's a it's a project that Benioff and Weiss are working on that's going to be specifically for television. Now, in my mind, in my mind, are we being told that because they truly actually want Benioff and Weiss to take on a film? Like much like Gareth Edwards and the rest of them, because I think if you are to make an announcement like that, like, hey, we originally thought they were going to do a television series, but hey, let's give them this film. Let's have them really break down something. I think that would be super exciting. I think it would make sense, too, because of their creative format and the way that they were able to take um, George R. R. Martin's stories with Game of Thrones and be able to turn them into one of the most popular television series that we've ever seen. They want to explore. It is. It de- it definitely is in terms of the fans. Um I feel like it's really changed the format. I know I'm not I'm not a giant Game of Thrones fan to begin with, um, but I feel that I feel like they want to explore film and whether they allow Dave Filoni to work directly with them mm. on a film, that would be a huge announcement to say, hey, Benioff and Weiss are joining Dave Filoni on a on a standalone film. That's that now that's a celebration announcement in my mind. I think the, I mean the. the... I think they could do a Republic. Yes, absolutely. Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones is kind of like an old Republic era. It is. So 
just from what I've watched Game of Thrones, I've only watched the first season, so I might be wrong. Um, but it's a, it has that old kind of old Republic feeling of like battles and fights and uh, betrayals and all that. Um, right, right. You could do Game of, you could do an old Republic. But that's what I want. I think yeah. I, I, I wish you do this a few times. I do get fed up with the Empire era. Yeah, I know. It's it's done. Like, it it's is. not done. It is. But it is to it, a certain extent, though. Yeah, it, 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 for, for, for the last few, four or five years, it has been just a, other than the sequel trilogy, you've had pretty much Rogue One, Solo, Rebels, the comics, the mm-hmm. books, well, some of the books, they've all been within the Empire era, and I'm desperate for our Old Republic game. I'm desperate, well, not our game, I'm desperate for our Old Republic series. I just want to see how I just want to see Jedi Knights at the full game. I just want to see Jedi Knights actually je- like take on an army of Sith. Yeah. Seriously. I, mean, I love those old Republic games. I'm desperate to, to see it. I think you have a point there. I think and I know it's been also talked about on our uh, good friends over at Collider Jedi Council as well. Um, the whole concept of if they do an old Republic series and let's say Benioff and Weiss works directly with Dave Filoni and they say, let's scrap what the novels did and let's just reformat the old Republic and let's make it fit for the modern fan. Because again, again, I say this, it's wonderful if you want to do an old Republic film, but the average moviegoer is going to know Jack squat about who Darth Revan is. Yeah, there, you, you have to almost reformat it and you have to bring in new characters in a time period that's familiar to a lot of people. That's what Star Wars has always done. It said, here's a very familiar time period, but here are some new characters for you guys to really latch on to. Now, I'm not saying that Dave Filoni and Benioff and Weiss couldn't canonize Darth Revan and have them show up in it. No, because that's like using that's the fan service side of a, of a Star Wars film, throwing those little things in there. But I think that in terms of the money-making side of Disney and Lucasfilm and everything that everybody talks about when it comes to Rotten Tomatoes and the rest of those sites is that how much money is this film going to pull in and how much is it going to cost to make? And is there a profit available? I totally believe that there's a profit to be made on the older public. But you got to market it to the point of what's going to get butts in seats and what's going to allow for – the conversation to continue when it comes to that time period. Are these characters going to be people that fans can be invested in? That's that's always the major point that comes with everything. And I don't like being a negative Nancy about it. And But I feel like Lucasfilm is not a company that says, okay, we're going to put this out there just for the heck of it. No, they're, they're looking for a profit to be made. And they learned from Solo that you got to be careful. You could argue that about Solo, but then you could also argue that Rogue One only brand new characters. Right. In a but in a time in a time period time before period. A New Hope and you included Darth Vader in there. But only for like three scenes. Right. And that's the way that you could put Darth Revan into that too. Is you well, include him in certain spots. Yes. Um I mean Darth Bane is in there as well. Yes, Darth Bane, absolutely. Um uh, I bought just recently bought the Darth <laughs> you did, you did indeed. All the hardbacks, which are hard to find. I prefer a hardback to a paperback because this is bigger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just easier. Um, 
people have skis easily destroyed because of hard pass. This is solid. Like, anyway, that's a different story. But I mean, Darth, ba- Darth Bane is kind of. It'd be interesting to see what he was like back in the Old Republic. Yeah, the foundation um, of the ruler, too. Yeah, I mean, they could take those books and. I'm, the funny thing is, with the, the Old Republic, you're not stuck with canon. That's true. That's you're, true. You, liberties, are, liberties are open. That's um, true. You're not stuck with, well, you can't do this because it affects what happens there. It so suffered that. Right. Yes, um, it did. Bad, not badly, but Soul and Rogue One were both tied with that. Rogue One couldn't do anything. They had to make sure all the characters had to die. Right, right, to be able to move the story forward. Yeah. yeah. But also because it said, I'm going to crawl episode four. Right, right. So you couldn't do much because, well, A, you know where Ham's got to go. Yes. And Darth Maul is like, well, we know where he is at that point. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as a, if you if you're a fan of rebels, you know where he, he goes. So right. again, you you're you're constrained and the time what you can do as well in that mm-hmm, era, that mm-hmm. time. Whereas if you go back to Darth Revan and that the Rogue Republic, you can do something new. But you can go, Well, I don't know where they end up. I don't know where this Jedi will end up. He could be right, right. the greatest Jedi that's never heard of. You know, mm-hmm, there's that mm-hmm. that you know That's true, that's true. You can see a different perspective. You can see the Sith Wars, Taris. You can see where the Jedi were on Dathomir before they went to Coruscant. Right. You can see the galaxy embracing Jedi, but then you could also see how um, where the galaxy was not for Jedi or the Sith. They thought the two of them were just playing back sides. Mm. So, mm. Do you, you know what I mean? You, yeah. There's a lot more to open. It's like the sequel trilogy as well. They had a lot of libraries because they weren't tied to do stories within, um, within that era, within the yeah. Empire era. Yeah. It, it's all about liberties and taking and able to, to, to explore more because, as you said, you're constrained in, to, st- uh, to stand alone. You're constrained. Right. Right. You're doing essentially what you did with the sequel trilogy, but you're moving it before the time that most yeah. people understand in the Star Wars universe, and you're able to essentially recreate that timeline to fit the storyline that you want to accomplish. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the older public, I think we're very lucky, and I think Lucasfilm probably knows this, whether they say it or not, but they're very lucky that George Lucas took the time to bring in Drew Carpeshian and some of these people to write these novels, these Legends novels, because... A great example of this, and even though I'm having a very tough time reading Thrawn Alliances, is uh, Mr. Timothy. It is, and but it, again, Star Wars and the team at Lucasfilm and Del Rey and everybody else brought back Timothy Zahn to write these stories of Thrawn that was once a Legends character yeah. and is now canon. What is saying that? Benioff and Weiss don't team up with Dave Filoni and Dave says hey you know what I remember I remember Drew Carpetian I remember what he did with Lord with the Darth Vader novel I remember what he did with Rule of Two I remember all these stories that he brought up he also worked on Darth Revan stuff as well so Drew Carpetian's another one of those authors that Dave Filoni can say hey come on behind the scenes Tell yeah. tell us how the old republic should look. Yeah, I totally so, agree. It's fascinating, and 
Whether that comes to fruition at Celebration, who knows? But I feel like you and I are in agreement on the Old Republic, when done well and when explored properly, can be a very profitable thing for Star Wars and for the fans. Because, like we've said, that timeline is a very fascinating period. We've explored the Empire era, and I'm going to say it, by the end of Resistance, we've pretty much flushed out the era of the First Order. We've pretty much flushed it out in many different ways. Not yet. You don't think so? I, see, I think we need a break from it. Because you don't know where they are first order. Other than if you've watched, if you've not watched, if you've read Phasma and if you've read Empire's End, you can't even mm-hmm, know where mm-hmm. it came from. It's not flushed out issues. You, I would, I'm curious to hear your perspective on this. It's just Resistance. The, uh, one of the characters in Resistance believes that the first order is just like the Empire. Uh, like they're not good. And other character thinks that, you know, they're, they're there to help, they're there to guide, they're here to defend. Ah. When they're doing exactly what the Empire did, like when they came mm. into a place. Mm. And, um, but she wasn't alive when the Empire were around, so she didn't understand. Ah. Whereas Jaeger knows what the Empire was like. I see what you're saying. So, again, the Empire's got the. They resist the first order is kind of quiet. Gotcha. They're a silent power. Yeah, they're not. I mean, there's even that. I mean, they yeah. find it very hard to try and convince, especially in Bloodline, they find it hard to convince <laughs> yeah, the Republic, right. the New Republic, that the first order was right there. Like, we were seeing saying, they were like, no, they're not. So, my question is it's really snow and how that first order came about why how did he become leader yeah i can see that it's a very it's a very narrow part of the timeline but i see what you're saying it's needing that bit's needing explored and i would be interested in seeing that being explored whether it's in a book comic well well is that what ryan johnson's working on i don't know well he killed him um (laughs) (laughs) he's the one to tell the story he killed him he killed him but then I mean, Resistance now is right up yeah. Force Awakens now. It's very much up to Force, Force Awakens. Um, but but after the first season ends, when looking at it, episode seven, episode eight takes over over a few days. You actually look at it. You could say that the episode seven, episode eight is like a week and a half, like two weeks. Really? Yeah. You could look terrible. at that. You could say it was all done. In, like those two movies are a one week. It was all set in work within one week, yeah, maybe two, yep. you know? Um, so, yeah. And so when Resistance comes back for a second season, it could be post-Last Year I. Yeah. And we haven't even hit. That's just so, it. again, they would be constrained, but there's things on Resistance I would like them to do that I know they won't do because Rebels take more liberties, whereas Resistance sure. take those liberties just quite a bit. It, and it, a lot of it does depend on Episode Nine. I do agree with you with that because... We could either see the fall of the First Order or the expansion of the First Order. You, you don't know. You don't know where they're going to head because in my mind, in my mind, I see Kylo Ren splitting from the First Order and doing his own thing and, and Hux taking on. We've had that conversation before, but Hux doing his own thing with the First Order. And that in that perspective says, OK, is the First Order truly going to see a downfall? Is it really the First Order, or or is it Kylo Ren that the Resistance is after? That's where the question truly comes in. I, I don't... 
See, I would like them to come back for episode 10. But it's going to be a while, too. They're going to have to have I, quite a time jump. I don't think they'll do an episode 10. Interesting. I've been wondering that, too, leading up to Celebration here in episode 9. I've had this sneaky suspicion that the, the, this, the end of the Skywalker saga may be the end of them exploring trilogy films like that. Uh, where do you go after episode I know. <laughs> That's you a do, great question. Like, Another 10 years, do you do another kind of foresight the First Order? Do you call them the Second Order? <laughs> <laughs> the Second and the Third Order. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I, mean, I know, I know. It's, it, it, how many times has in the Star Wars galaxy there been something similar to that? Now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm no, no. I'm just saying you've no. had the Sith. I mean, Kat, Maz, Kanata, Maz says her, and Force Awakens, the Sith, the Empire. You know, she's been alive for a years. She's seen it all. There's a character that can show up in the open public. Yeah, seriously. She's been around a long time, much like Master Yoda. Yeah, he's a 900, so he's... <laughs> he, was a, he was in middle school at that time. See, there's an interaction that we could see in the old Republic. Uh, they did the old Republic, like, 400 years, like, uh, before, 600 years before. You can see Yoda as a, a younger Jedi who's only a master, who's only a Jedi Knight, and mm, mm. and who is dealing who has chats with Maz. You know, you don't know what's going to... So there's, there's that. So, you so, know so, so you're them. saying, like, one of those American 80s high school TV series, and then you have Yoda, who's totally into Maz, but doesn't want to approach her, and then you get all of his bros around him and be like, yeah, man, you should, like, totally approach Maz. She's, like, totally into you and stuff. He's like, nah, man, you know, I'm, mm, I'm totally not into that right now. Mm. Uh, no, because then no. I would end up having to do some stupid kind of like cheesy <laughs> intro. <laughs> uh, you can have different intros with different faces of uh, different people, yeah. <laughs> High school is like the most important year ever. No, stop. Right, Master um, yeah, Master Yoda, yeah. Give us some smile. Um, he threw me for fuck. You <laughs> <laughs> always do. I always find a way to do it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, no. I would... Yeah, there's there's more to explore in the First Order era. Interesting. But I... I'm, I episode 9 is a... I don't know. I really wish there was a more of a gap between episodes seven and eight and episode uh, seven and then eight, eight to nine. Yeah, yeah. You had a six-year overall. I mean, if you look at it, well, there was a three-year gap between each movies. Yeah, and I'm not talking about made. I'm talking about you could tell that there was a. It, they took a while to find Han. Right. Right. I they say it's about a year, a couple of years, about a month, a year. Mm-hmm. But it's like you knew he was going to Java, so <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but come up with a plan, but yeah, that's where I like a really good. Like, I think that's where the episode seven and eight suffered was because it wasn't a big enough gap. Interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, and and you bring up an interesting point, Scott. Is that there is a lot of room to play with. I think that Lucasfilm doesn't work on projects and leave them open and don't touch them they they what they do is they leave a project open like much like we've said before dave filoni puts something on the shelf but it will show up later yeah. um, 
the Lucasfilm does out. yeah and Lucasfilm does the same thing they work on they work on a project they put it on the shelf and they say we haven't flushed it out enough yet and i think you have an interesting point with the first order is yes we've shown them in a trilogy of films yes we've been able to explore them essentially through star wars resistance and television but like you said there is that gap there's that gap if you don't read the novels you know i always talk about this if you don't read the novels you really don't know and empire's end is a great example of fans not knowing because the majority of people that i talk to who are star wars fans and i will say this don't necessarily read the novels they 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 don't take the time to read Chuck Wendig's. They don't uh, they don't they don't take the time to read Chuck Wendig's aftermath Empire's End. They don't take the time to read the wonderful piece that is Claudia Gray's Bloodline to take oh. a real in depth look at what was happening after Return of the Jedi. What happened with the Resistance and the mold into the New Republic? What oh, happened to the Empire? And it was a mess. It was it was an absolute mess for a while. Because everybody wanted their say on both sides. Everybody wanted their say in terms of what happened with the Empire and what happened with the Resistance. And it was this interesting battle within the the organizations, you could say. It was, yeah. it was almost like, you know, when you argue with your boss, it's almost like, am I going to be able to sway him to get what I want? That, that was that times 10 during this time period. And it's very fascinating. And I feel that come Star Wars Celebration... I'm hoping we get some kind of answers for that. I think that'd be really cool to, to like you said, just give us something. Give us a novel for us who read the novels, yeah. comic book series, some form of canon, whatever it is, to make us say, hey, Lucasfilm cares. <laughs> they're going to actually look into this and they're going to actually give us something. Just say pretty please. Pretty please, Lucasfilm. What do you mean they're not going to do it? <laughs> I just said pretty please. What do you mean they're not going to do it, Scott? Brick City Blockades is pretty pleased to something. I mean, come on. You have to get on your knees and beg. <laughs> oh, oh, that is dark. We've broken down everything happening with the canon. Some of the stuff, speculation, some deep speculation into what might happen in the world of Star Wars. But unfortunately, as we always do at the Podcast Network, we have to just let it come to winding close as we tuck ourselves in, look out at the stars and say, hey, why can't I be Broom Boy? What we do here at the Podcast Network is we do a little thing we like to call plug time. That's right. It's plug time. Mr. Scott Inch, where can the good people find you yelling at me because I made a Broom Boy reference across social media? Find me on the interwebs on Facebook at Scottinch or at Scottinch85. No, yes, on Twitter. Very well said. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's okay. You can see me crying and sleeping because Robin made a Broom Boy, Broom Step Boy reference. Well, the dude does know how to use the Force. That's We saw that at the end of uh, The Last Jedi. That's uh, He was able to pick up that broom and be able to sweep it through. That's that's for sure. Uh, but anyway, you guys can follow me over on Twitter at MrVoteTweets. Follow me on Instagram at the official vote for all my tomfoolery, all my weird travels that I go on, it seems like. Also, make sure to check us out over at www.brickcityblockade.com for everything happening here at the Podcast Network and in Galaxy not too far away based on where you live. Go into Google Maps. Make sure you're not that far away from this galaxy because if you don't live in this galaxy, 
I don't know how you're listening to us. Also, make sure to head on over to Patreon and uh, support the podcast network over there. Make sure to rock the network over on T Public, and also make sure to donate to a Galaxy of Joy program between Starlight Children's Foundation and your friends here at Brick City Blockade, bringing smiles to kids' faces in hospitals around the country every cent at a time. So, for Mr. Scott Inch, hey, this is Robin Vilt Scott. Always a great conversation here on Talking Fire Fire Away. I agree, I agree, I agree. And as we always say, well, may the force be with you. Always. Broom Boy's gonna have an important part in Star Wars Episode 9. Oh! Oh! He's gonna have a sweeping performance. (laughs) 